Well, we know the Christmas story. We celebrate Christmas Day. And we're here this morning to think about and hear about what God says about salvation through this baby. There's a lot of different texts, uh, Isaiah, uh, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, all the old prophets from the Old Testament have prophesied this birth. And they have talked about it in their own way to their own people, bring, trying to bring people to remembrance that God is the God of mercy, God is the God of salvation. So this morning, I would like to talk about well, what happens after we've gotten this gift. What about when we no longer have Jesus here on earth that we can look to, but we have the gift of the Holy Spirit that was given to us when he left this world after his resurrection. So what I'd like to do is this morning is to start out with Romans chapter 8 and let's look at verse 26 and go through verse 30. We sing these songs, you know, in our weakness we may falter, fall in trespasses again. Um, but God sees us through that. And so in, in verse 26 in Romans 8, it says, But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait uh, we eagerly wait for it with patience. In the same way, the Spirit also joins us to help us in our weakness because we do not know what to pray for as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with unspoken groanings. And he who searches the hearts knows the Spirit's mindset because he intercedes for the spirits according to the will of God. Well, think about this. We have this baby Jesus that we celebrate. He came clothed in an earthly body. He was here, walked among us as a human being. But he also had the mind of God. Can you imagine how sad he was at times, Jesus? When he looked around and saw how the world was behaving, how they didn't believe what he had to say, how they argued against him. Even the, the brightest minds of the, of the, at the temple, they did not listen to him. Nicodemus was awakened because we see in John chapter 3 how he comes to him. And so he understood, but he was a minority among those people who were the learned ones, who could stand there and, and expound the scriptures through the scroll and they knew it by heart but one thing they didn't know by heart was the fact that what Paul is talking about here in the same way the Spirit also joins to help us in our weakness because we do not know what to pray for as we should but the Spirit himself intercedes for us what does intercede mean it means he's aware and he puts in a word for us. He makes it known. He puts his help in our prayer. He makes us know what 
God wants for us. And he who searches the hearts knows the Spirit's mindset because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. According to this, the saints are you and me. We are the saints. And so when we sang this song in our weakness, we may falter, fall in trespasses again. He sees us. He knows us. He doesn't abandon us. He keeps us. He loves us. We know that all things work together for the good for those who love God, those who are called according to his purpose. For those he foreknew, he also predestines to be conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers. So what is Paul talking about here? When he came, he was this person. What does he say here? For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. So when he takes us and he he gives us the understanding that we need to have our sins forgiven and we need to move towards heaven, Jesus intercedes for us. And the more we put our faith into Jesus, the more we try to stay believing and the more we look at his word and study his word. What does he say here? He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. You and I are going to be like Jesus. Can you imagine? So that he would be the firstborn among many brothers. So Jesus is the firstborn human being that has had no sin. So he was the firstborn. He rises from the dead, sinless, but taking all of our sin on him. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. We become glorified through the blood of our Savior in his image. So that when God looks at us at the last day, he doesn't see us as sinners. He doesn't see us as fallen people. He sees us in the image of his son. What a thing to rejoice over. If this baby had not come, if this baby that was called Emmanuel come to be among us, we wouldn't be saved. There'd be no way we could be saved. So let's look at Hebrews chapter 1. And we're going to look at the first 12 verses here. Now, the writer to the Hebrews hasn't been really established. They say that Paul perhaps wrote the Hebrews, but uh, there are some scholars that have a little bit of a disagreement with that because the manner of wording that's in this, this book isn't like Paul and Paul's writings. It doesn't matter. It's the Word of God. It makes us happy when we read it. Just like God is happy that we're here today. Long ago, God spoke to the fathers by the prophets at different times and in different ways. And in these last days, has spoken to us by his son. 
God has appointed him heir of all things and made the universe through him. The sun is the radiance of God's glory. Now listen to this. That's exactly what Paul was talking about in Romans. If he is glorified and we understand and come to him, we're glorified through him. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact expression of his nature, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So he became higher in rank than the angels, just as the name he inherited is superior to those. <clears throat> we talked about this before. In heaven, uh, the Hebrews have a shortening, or the, the, the letters J-O-V stand for the Son of God. But he spoke it as Jehovah. So Jehovah, Jehovah God is Jesus. After, mer after making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Who is he sitting down next to? His father. And in Romans, it says he intercedes for us. He is a go-between. He's like our lawyer. He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So he became higher in rank than the angels, just as the name he inherited is superior to theirs. Jehovah, God. For which of the angels did he ever say, you are my son, today I have become your father, or again, I will be his father and he will be my son. When he again brings his firstborn into the world, he says, all God's angels must worship him. So even the angels worship him. And about the angels, he says, he makes his angels winds and his servants a fiery flame. But to the sun, your throne, God, is forever and ever, and a scepter of your kingdom is a scepter of justice. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. This is why God, your God, has anointed you with, with the oil of joy rather than your companions. So Jesus was forever, from the beginning. He was in there when all the angels were in heaven. He knew the angels. But he is higher than the angels In the beginning, you established the earth, and the heavens are uh, the works of thy hands. They will perish, but you remaineth. They will wear out like clothing. You will roll them up like a cloak. They will be changed like a robe, but you are the same, and your years will never end. So, this is a message to us. If we become like Jesus, if we put our faith in him and we move towards what he wants us to do, live our life according to him, put away our sin if we fall into sin, well, then we become actually higher than the angels because he says he's going to make us in the image of his son. But this doesn't make us conceited 
or elevated in any way, what this does is it puts us in perspective of the heritage that we have or the inheritance we have. For heaven is ours and we will be there. Okay, now when we want to close this out this morning, we want to look at Colossians. This is Paul's writing again. This is how he comes to us. This is how Jesus comes to us as a person. Colossians chapter 1. And we're going to look at verse 15 and go through 23. So we look at this, starting with verse 15. What does Paul say to the Colossians when he's talking about Jesus? He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and by him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. Let's look at that verse 19. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. And then we go to 20. What does it say? And through him to reconcile everything to himself, to make peace through the blood of the cross, whether things on earth or things in heaven. I think this is one of my favorite passages in the Bible because when I think about what I am as a person and I think about how fallen I am, I have comfort in this because it says here in the very beginning in 15, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. He created everything. For everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions. He's talking about kingdoms. He's talking about people or states or countries. He created everything, or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. What a fortune we have. What an absolute delight we have. He is before all things, and by him all things hold together. So if we didn't have Jesus, we'd have nothing. And we can look at this in a material way. We can look at this in a, in, a, in, a, in a work way. We can look at this in how the world holds together. But what is he talking about here? He is before all things, and by him all things hold together. You and I are held together by the precious work of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary when he gave his life up so that we could be held with him. 
He is before all things, and by him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. We won't have anything if we don't have Jesus. So he is the head, and we praise him and we thank him for that today. Because as we celebrate this, this time of commemoration, that this baby came on this earth to be with us, to be part of us, to live among us, to know sadness, to know death. And as we talked about even last this past week, how we lose little babies. God has created those babies, but he wanted them back. The hard part is, how do we live with that? Because then we have to come back to this and we have to say he is before all things and by him all things hold together. You and I, we're held together by that precious blood, that resurrection, and the belief that Jesus did it all. There's a song that uh, I don't think we sing very often, but I'm reminded of it because one of my aunts used to love that song. And when my brother and I were younger, she would always ask us, will you sing this song for me? And it's called, Jesus Paid It All, All to Him I Owe. Everything. I owe Him everything. And so when we take our, uh, a viewpoint of our, our, our life in Jesus, we have to say that when we look at ourselves and take an inventory, we can say, what am I worth? Really, in my own flesh and blood, I'm worth, I'm worth less. But in Jesus, I am worth everything because he loves me. He's the firstborn from the dead. He is the first one that had no sin, that died and was resurrected without sin. But the most important part of that is, is that he took our sin on him so that we wouldn't be punished for it, so that we wouldn't have to live in eternal damnation. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through in him to reconcile everything to himself by making peace through the blood of his cross, whether things on earth or things in heaven. So let's go to close this. Let's, let's look at the fifth or the second proverb. And this is King Solomon in his wisdom. And he's saying this, I don't know how many years, but hundreds and hundreds of years before Jesus is born. Let's, let's start with verse 7. Two, and then verse seven. He stores up success for the upright. He is the shield for those who live with integrity so that he may guard the paths of justice and protect the way of his loyal followers. Then you will understand righteousness, justice, and integrity and every good path. For wisdom will enter your mind and knowledge will delight your heart. Discretion will watch over you and understanding will guard you. 
rescuing you from the way of evil, from the one who says perverse things, from those who abandon the right paths and walk in darkness. We can praise God this morning as we look at the picture of this little baby Jesus. He had nothing. He came into the world and he was born in in a place where animals lived. He wasn't born in any high palace. He didn't have uh, servants and people running to him to wait on him for everything. He was born like you and me with nothing. So praise him today when you think about him today in his birth. Think about the wonderfulness of what Jesus has done for all of us. For without this little baby, without those who believed, Mary and Joseph, without those who came to see him and to praise him, and those who God had promised that they wouldn't die until they saw him, were given the gift to see this baby Jesus, to know that God lives and he keeps his promises, because God does not lie. So when he keeps those promises for you and me today, believe yet for a while until he comes and he calls us to our eternal rest. In Jesus' name, amen.